pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Fall is the perfect time to get your lawn the best it can be. Folks, call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. Lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. Fall is the perfect time where they will treat your lawn, top quality, lawn care company for Rhode Island, your best lawn ever guaranteed, and this is the best time to have it treated. Call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online at lawndoctor.com. John DePietro, on, on, uh, well, it's Thursday, October 14th, folks, on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. I want to draw your attention to our website, as a matter of fact. If you haven't checked it out, um, it's always interesting to me. I post a lot of stories and video there. It's, it's, it's original content. It's a lot of stuff you can't get anywhere else. As many of you know, I go and cover different stories that a lot of people, uh, a lot of news outlets for different reasons choose not to, which is fine because we get to be there. And one of the things that, um, I also check a lot of social media. So if you haven't checked it, check the website again, petro.com. But one of the stories that I have, it's at the very top. Scroll around a little bit. We also have some great sponsors and advertisers. But Senator claims school committee meeting was an insurrection. So I recognize uh, when I was first asked <clears throat> by someone, would you go and cover the North Kingstown school committee meeting? Well, folks, I go, you know, a lot of people. I'm like, well, you know, time is valuable. Um, is the reason I should be doing this. Uh, obviously, I don't live in North Kingstown. I don't uh, have children in any schools there. Is there something special? And they said, well, there's just a lot of things going on, a lot of people upset in the community, in the area about it, what's being taught in the schools, critical race theory. Uh, our friend Nicole Solace, the uh, South Kingstown mom, she filed actually even a, a police report because she uncovered some of the things that are being taught in the school. And she's not wrong. Um, a number of the books, if uh, under a lot of definitions, a lot of the books and some of the images they show um, would not be allowed, certainly in television. Um, she feels it's pornographic. It certainly borders on it, demonstrating certain sex acts and so forth. And, and it has a lot to do with alternative lifestyle and, you know, various forms of uh, uh, sex, uh, sexual positions and uh, gay sex. And there's just a, a lot there that I, I certainly didn't see anything like that. And I don't know, but, you know, when I was going to St. Paul's school or certainly at Bishop Hendricken, but I think it's definitely surprising to some people. And something else I, people need to be cautious of is so many parents now, you know, a, a lot of stuff's online, so people aren't exactly sure. It's not like you just sometimes pick up a textbook and flip through it. But anyhow, um, so what happened was the school committee meeting, the school committee in North Kingston, they didn't like the fact they're being questioned. They don't like the fact they don't want to discuss critical race theory where folks, you know, this is uh, everything is about race. Uh, you know, if you're white, you're racist. They tell the kids, you know, your parents are racist. Your grandparents are racist. Make all the white kids get up, stand up, apologize anyone of color in the classroom. And, and uh, you know, they change the history. There's nothing more about the Holocaust. They don't really like teaching about World War II, they far get far more into slavery. They talk about how great Black Lives Matter is. They're, they're kind of rewriting their own history. So a lot of people are upset about it, went to it, and, um, and, and they, they cut the meeting short. As I, as I was seeing, it was still just getting acclimated uh, somewhat. They suddenly cut the meeting because they said two people in the back didn't have masks on. Now, uh, it's a school, and, and they try to say, well, Governor McKee said in the schools you have to wear a mask. But but it's not a, a school day. It's the school committee, and it's in the auditorium, and it's, you know, very. It's, um, you know, it's a large room. It's an auditorium, and it's cavernous. And and North Kingstown is a nice uh, high school, by the way, uh, redone, brand new, just a couple of years ago. So anyhow, they said, well, unless those people in the back, I think there were two of them, put their masks on. We're going to adjourn the meeting. They did. People got upset. But now you have this uh, sitting state senator, Elena DeMario. 
And she took to social media with some of her friends. And this is what is so outrageous, folks. She she basically puts in, you can see it, that what happened was shades of January 6th. So think think of the image you've, you've seen of January 6th. If someone told you, oh, this was like January 6th. Well, these are the same people that are trying to say it was an armed insurrection. You know, it was people died. So she's saying the North Kingstown School Committee tonight, it was shades of January 6th. And then she even mentions the insurrection. Then another person, now again, this is all on social media, but this other person put this as horrible, just horrible. Uh, you know, the, it was threats of violence. The, first of all, there were no threats of violence. <laughs> they did call the police in. I have the video there. Like, you know what's amazing, folks, to me is lately, and hear me out, but there they used to be, what, what's happening is actually pretty extraordinary. There used to be a time that if there was video of something that happened, that people would hesitate to try to, you know, whatever you want to call it, exaggerate, misrepresent, lie, but not give an accurate depiction of what took place. That doesn't even seem to happen anymore. Even if there is video, if they have a certain agenda that they want to put forward to say the meeting was like January 6th, the meeting shades of January 6th, there was threats of violence. This was like an armed insurrection. As preposterous as that is, and it is, it doesn't even seem to matter anymore that none of it's true. So you can see the video. And this is a sitting elected representative making these outrageous claims my point is and 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 i'll circle back to you know the thing of friday night where state police were called to the home of governor mckee and two people had to be arrested well that that simply isn't true i mean we have video the state police were there at six o'clock not 10 minutes of eight they were there at 10 minutes of eight but they started there at six o'clock and they weren't called to the home they were already at the home when the protesters walked down friday night in front of governor mckee's home they were met by state police. When they went to the street where he lives, they were met by state police. So state police weren't called out. They were already on scene. And then they decided, all right, we're going to end this protest, arrest the biggest guy, and then scare everybody else and just say, all right, that's it. If, if you don't leave now, you're going to get arrested. It's a tactic. By the way, it worked. It's not like state police don't know what they're doing. I, I think in the aftermath, I don't think Governor McKee likes the fact that people were arrested outside of his home. And as I've told you, as someone that has covered a lot of these protests, I, the, uh, the protesters in front of Gina, Governor Gina Raimondo's home are far more aggressive, far more disrespectful. They were setting off explosives and no one was arrested. I, I think it's a double standard. So, but my point is, the fact that this video of what happened with the protesters did not stop or discourage those that wanted the narrative that state police had to be called out to the governor's house at 7.50 and arrested two people. It makes it seem like they come booking to the scene, lights going, sirens, and then boom, they grab two people and arrest them. That Again, look at the video on the website, petro.com. That certainly isn't what happened. And on top of that, for someone who holds public office to say some people that get upset because they stopped a school committee meeting had shades of January 6th, threats of violence, it was almost like an armed insurrection, is ludicrous. People are losing it. And I don't blame you, by the way. Folks, let's, let's just look at what's going on in the news. What's going on in the news is, is it's really, in some ways, it's, it should be nonpartisan criticism. This whole business of the, 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 you know, now President Biden saying, that's it. The ports in California are going to be open 24-7. Why did he do that in June? So now all gifts for Christmas are going to be delayed. Now inflation is rising. All these people are walking off jobs. Listen, let's, let's come out and say it. The country is a mess. There's no leadership. He's not up to the job. Harris is AWOL. I think she's an empty suit anyway. And in a very short amount of time, in nine months, people are saying, how much longer is this going to go on? Well, I'll tell you, the, the best news of this whole thing is in, in 13 months will be the midterm elections. And Nancy Pelosi, boom, is going to be swept out of office. Chuck Schumer, boom, swept out. Republicans will take over the House and the Senate. They're going to just deadlock on Biden's final two years in office, if he lasts that long, 
and then you're going to see the return of President Trump in 2024 because they're also going to get voting under control. All right, we have that. A lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. All is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401 732 You can also find them on Facebook and the website, RECooganHeating.com. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call RE Coogan and Heating today. 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, 401 732 6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website. RECooganHeating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service. RE Coogan and Heating, 401 732 6562. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, Dan McGowan, were you surprised or what do you make of the fact that, uh, that Governor Mundo seemingly is very friendly with Helena folks, folks, the CBS executive who's now announced she's running for governor and encouraging her to get in the race. It, it is interesting. couple thoughts on this. Number one, Governor Raimondo, she started with treasurer. She didn't go for the big job right away. In 2010, she could have gone for the open seat. That was an open seat that she, you know, Link Chafee ended up winning. But and then she you know, oh my God, she would have destroyed Frank Caprio in a primary now that we've, the dust has really, really settled. But she went for the general treasure seat. Helena folks could. And something that I, I just can't escape is, you know, we, we watched what happened back in uh, in 20 with, with Mike Bloomberg, someone who looked great on paper and had more money than anybody. But it just didn't resonate. It's not easy to suddenly turn it on. Granted, she's got more time. But what do you make of that, of the Raimondo factor? Well, you just nailed the thing, that the biggest question that I have. And I, I said this to somebody in her camp just yesterday. We were, uh, in fact, I talked to the to uh, Helena and then, and then was talking to lots of people that are around her um, all day. And the thing I said was, look, as this, I use Bloomberg as a good example because it is the obvious one. Sometimes you just don't resonate. Sometimes, especially... You know, running for governor of Rhode Island is, is you know, it, it's a very local thing. It's to Kenya, go to Woonsocket and, you know, shake hands and kiss babies. Right. And it, it's impossible that the woman who has been very successful in her life just never actually connects with, you know, the, the working class Rhode Islander. I, I think that's a very uh, real factor. The one thing that, that they push back on on this is they kind of say, Look, she was in charge of retail at CVS. So she, she actually knows, you know, she, she is, her job was to go to various stores all over the country yep. and, you know, and do that photo op with the person, you know, who, who needs the medicine or whatever. In the so, aisle. Exactly. Yeah. So she, she does know how to do that at least enough to be, you know, a, somewhat come off as kind of a human being. So, you know, the, the other example locally would be, you know, Clay Pell never could do that, right? He, he right. struggled to be. He's a great example. Yeah. When I looked at his resume, I'm like, wow, Pell yep. name. Coast Guard, married to Michelle Kwan, works at the the White House, and then five minutes after he started talking, I'm like, well, this is going nowhere. Complete disaster. As a yeah. Now, you, you mentioned the Gina Raimondo factor, and here's the, the dirty little secret of the last, really, it was it was leading up to her departure as, yeah. as Commerce Secretary. You know, it was no secret that she and, and Dan McKee didn't get along. Huh. And a lot of people, you know, the, the number one question that she would get asked as she was going out the door was, well, who do you think is going to be the governor? And I think that over time, and I would say it wasn't just the last couple of months, I would say it was probably the last year or two. I think over time, she realized that while Seth, while Seth Magaziner would make, in her eyes, a fine governor and probably yep. carry on a lot of her legacy, I think she decided that he he was not quite the, you know, up to her kind of uh, measure or, or, you know, her standards for governor. And right. behind the scenes, she she looked very hard. 
Name candidate people. Jeff Grabowski, the, the deep water wind guy. Uh, we know that she had pretty serious conversations with him. I heard rumors that she was maybe kind of trying to nudge David Cicilline to run for governor. Wow. Um, and we know that she, she has had contact with... Uh, with Helena folks, a lot of the people that are around Helena folks, especially these initial people, people setting up meetings, they are Gina Raimondo people, fundraisers, you know, the comms people, you, John Duffy the, from Duffy. Mm. So very much a close Raimondo advisor, also a former Kachiri advisor, by the way, um, and, is, and, and is certainly in the camp of uh, Helena folks. And so I think that not only did this uh, decision have uh, Gina Raimondo's blessing. I think if she could still vote in Rhode Island, my guess is she would have voted. She'd vote for Helena Folks. Wow. Now, Dan McGowan, um, is as far as the people in her circle, what did you think of her video that she released yesterday? You know, I, and I, I know it's a minor footnote, and you know, months from now we won't. But just initial, you know, they put so much time and effort into that, and looked at it, and you keep going back and forth. So to them it matters, and then as they move forward, it won't matter as much. But just what did, what did you think of the initial video? Well, the first thing I did was kind of laugh because they I, I talked to her on the phone briefly yesterday, and she said, "Hey, we're going to do this. Uh, you know, we're putting out this video," and they they emailed it to me, and I so I saw the and I ended up tweeting the letter that they were that they sent out, and it it's like, oh, by the way, I shot this video on my iPhone, and it's the most perfectly lit. Oh yeah, uh, you know, well produced, probably done a hundred times video. So you know, she knows what she's doing. Look, I, what this was was I need to get my name out there because I want to start the fundraising process. Um, her decision though to do video versus in person interviews. Um, it, what it comes down to is when you're when you're a big time executive that doesn't have. You know, isn't paying attention to every single little thing that's happening in Rhode Island. She doesn't know the issues yet, right? Right. She, she'll learn them. And, and as you know, you and I have talked about this a million times. Gina Raimondo was brilliant when it came to Oh, yeah. She could catch yeah. up on an issue and then see kind of the chessboard of where everything was going. Helena folks needs to, you know, start to understand, you know, what's going on in Kennedy Plaza. What's, you know, what's happening with the Providence schools? How are we to the pandemic? Lots of things that. You could, you and I could easily opine on, but when you're the candidate for governor, who's going to get, you know, who's going to need to make uh, a lot of first impressions, she needs to be really buttoned up um, on the issues before I think she'll be ready to, you know, do the big sit down on newsmakers or you know talk to us at at length. So I think it was a it was a safe move as a yes. journalist. It was annoying, right? I want her yes. to come out and talk and, and hold a press conference, but. That's what it was, right? She she just, she still needs to get up on the issues. I thought it was very wise um, and safe and, and something, you know, very likable, short, didn't go on and on. Um, Dan McGowan, I also think, you know, you just go to the general treasurer of Seth Magaziner's announcement where, you know, first he ran away from the press, yep. wouldn't talk to the people that were there because I, I believe that Tad Devine, if someone told him, you don't talk to the press. You just get out of there and have them follow you to the next right. one. Drove away in the Florida plates. That's the problem when someone is is just going to be listening to consultants. But I'm also interested in the relationship she has with with Governor Raimondo. Because when you think about it, number one, she's older than the governor. Number two, you know, as much as the governor was the governor of Rhode Island, Elena Folks was running CBS. Right. Uh, almost like a bigger job. But as you and I both know, Governor Raimondo left here with with 40% approval rating, right. and she, as much as she wanted to be liked in the beginning, her pivot line became, ah, people don't like me, but they know I do a good job. That, that's not easy to take. That's not easy to swallow. I don't I don't think they want the Gina 2.0 moniker in any way. I don't think that benefits her. But uh, yesterday, I don't know if you caught it, but um, pretty significant. I went to the McKee flu shot yeah. thing in Manton Avenue, and... Um, he he was very quick to say, you know, I'm not sure I met her, but pretty soon when we get into the politics, like he seemed pretty anxious, almost like I'm going to have a lot to say about her. That's the way I took it. Something else happened that was kind of off camera. No one else picked up on. But Paul Rayana, who is the organizer of the frontline workers who and we'll talk about in a moment about the protest in front of his house. Yeah. He showed up there because he saw my live stream and did Juan Garcia, who's on my live stream. But Paul Rayana. <laughs> This time, the governor sent his aides out 
and they, and I didn't film it, but they talked with him, took information, and I got the feeling that Governor McKee realized we got to talk to someone like this. We can't just ignore him and blow it out. Helena folks is in the race. I can't have these protesters showing up at my house and parading around. So they're looking at it. Again, I don't want to violate. I didn't film it. But, you know, they talked with him for a few minutes, got information. They went up a phone call with him. I think he recognizes right away that the race has immediately changed. This is one thing that, to his credit, Dan McKee is is a lot better than Gina Raimondo at. He yes. is willing to acknowledge detractors. Yes. He is willing to, uh, you know, take people in. And, and some, I, I think there are a lot of Democrats, uh, you know, certainly very Democrats, who would say this is to a fault, right? You you bend to, you know, people on school committees who are concerned about mask mandates. You healthcare workers, you know, the few who are who are you know you know fighting the you know a vaccine mandate whereas you're you're not playing to you know a majority and things like that so i think the the, the thing is to his credit he he is willing to listen to people and i think you're right i look you don't want you know the the protest at your house it doesn't matter what the protest is because in a you know in a 5 second clip in a commercial it just looks like Look at the outrage at this governor, yeah. right? You can yes. manipulate that stuff. Um, yeah. And he, he's very conscious of that. I think you know, I used this, I think I with, with you just a couple of weeks ago, used this, uh, this kind of analogy that you know, if you use sports, I think Dan McKee kind of was handed a 14 nothing lead in this race for governor. That's right. And yep. all he's doing is trying to just hold on to the lead. And now it's, yeah. you know, now it's 14 10, and there's a lot of the game to go, right? It's the first quarter probably still. And, and I think he's, he yeah, he's thrown two interceptions and fumbled with <laughs> exactly. uh, Tony Silver and the contract. Well, controversy. The best player just came back for the other team, right? He'll yeah. be the, the star. So he, he's got a, he's got a challenge, but it, he, and he, and I think he knows that I think anywhere he looks right now, I think every, I think he walks out of his door every day going to the state house and looks around and sees somebody else who has an issue with him or someone he views as maybe out to get him kind of paranoid world for him um and it's you know, I mean, it's still a full almost a year until a democratic primary so he he has a chance to recover um part of it will be by that kind of that folksy attitude of being able to connect with lots of different Rhode islanders but he he's almost paralyzed by a lot of the controversy around him it, it, it's really hurting his agenda folks another quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401 401- 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. What you just said uh, is exactly the problem, folks. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe about these controversies caused the agenda. You know, I remember in, in 2003, Governor Kachiri was on, uh, he was on vacation in Ohio, and the Narragansett Indian tribe opened yeah. up a smoke shop, and, and he, on vacation, said to Steve Perry, who was the head of the state police, go down there and shut it down. Well, Perry went to a golf tournament at War Country Club that day. I was live on the air when someone said, you won't believe what just happened down uh, at the smoke shop and so forth. And then, you know, that went on endlessly in the video. Yeah. 
You know, Governor McKee, Friday night. Now, I spoke to him yesterday. He was at some function in Boston. All right, some protesters there. Sends when, Whenever you send in law enforcement, things can go sideways. And I, I was there, Dan McGowan. I'm telling you right now. There, there was a, I don't he I don't think he liked the two people arrested. I'm telling you, as someone that has attended 30, 25, 30 protests, this one could have been avoided. Right. Those people are on the verge of walking to the end of the street than walking back. But again, you know, it's loud, it's chaotic, it's dark, people are screaming, police sometimes, state police haven't dealt with a lot of that stuff. Providence has. Right. Um, I, I'm telling you that I think he was like, guys, or whatever, men and women, that's not what I was looking for, because I've already been asked about that, you know, they want to now use my footage with the investigation, because right. I was right there. I, I think in hindsight, that was not what he was looking for. Well, and remember, all the times that people protested in front of Gina Raimondo's house, and yes. all the times that her neighbors were no always arrest. upset, no arrest, right? And, yep. I would venture to guess that Gina told them, told yes. the same, no arrests unless no. you absolutely have to do something. Like And Dave McGowan, the know. protesters in front of her house were way more aggressive and disrespectful than the people Friday night. In, in front of her house, they ate dinner. They were there right. one time on Saturday night for 90 minutes. North sent over uh, meals. They would go, they set up explosives. They went right up to police right. officers' face. I've never seen it before in screaming blank the police. Way more aggressive and rowdy and disrespectful and easily could have been arrested for disorderly conduct. Yep. Wasn't done. And and you're exactly right. That shows the difference right there. Yeah, it's a, and it's a challenge. This is a, I'm sure the governor, the minute that he found out there were arrests was... Uh, you know, was probably pretty livid. And, and the reason to, to back that up, I would say, is he had a rough week last week, right? Friday, yes. Friday afternoon, huh. he, he, you know, announces that the state police are investigating this education consulting Number contract. Yes. If, if there was a pretty good reason to have an arrest, if I were him, I would have been out saying, you know, it is unacceptable that you're, you know, that you're, uh, you know, putting my family in harm's way. Like if he, if he thought that was what was happening, he would have tried to capitalize on right. the arrest. Heard him say anything, uh, really, until you asked about it. Um, and I think that's the reason. I, I think he didn't want that to be the case. I think he wanted a presence, but I think he he did not want to see anybody arrested for this. Dave McGowan, I'm curious your thought, um, and again, folks, it's Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe. Yesterday at the Mint Avenue Pharmacy flu situation, uh, briefing, whatever it was, uh, you had Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, Sabina Matos. Number one, do you think she's helping him the way he, he maybe the, they thought she would? And number two, notice Helena Folks doesn't announce with anyone. I just wonder if she pairs up with Brett Smiley, who's running for mayor of Providence, if if going with someone who's running, I wonder if the, a smiley partnership in some way could be more beneficial as opposed to, um, you know, trying to tap into Sabina Matos and her ties in Providence. I kind of love where your head is at on this one, because I, yeah. I, I sort of agree. I think, you know, the one of the really interesting things that's going to come of whoever the next governor and whoever the next mayor of Providence is going to be is they're going to need to have a better kind of partnership than um, really the last couple. Because if you think about it, Kachiri and Cicilline didn't get along. Uh, Angel and Link did get along, but Angel was running for governor almost from day one. And then Jorge Lorza and Gina Raimondo, they got along, but Gina didn't didn't respect it, right? No. And what what I think you're right about here is the next, you know, you're going to have a, you have this ticking time bomb of the pension system. You have lots of issues in Providence, the schools, all this stuff. You almost would like to see a better relationship between the mayor and the governor. And there's no doubt Helena folks has donated a thousand bucks to Brett Smiley already. Uh, I think she would like to see him be elected. And my guess is he would like to see her be elected. It, it is a more effective. You can make a much you can get a lot more done if the mayor of Providence and the governor are on the stage as opposed to, uh, you know, the lieutenant governor and the governor. Where, to your answer your question directly about, about you know, how much Sabina Matos has helped, I think what Sabina Matos would say is, look, my job is to, you know, help you in the Latino community, is to kind of your sort of small business 
preparation and your small business support. Um, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't change that your chief of staff got blown out pretty quickly. I can't change that you decided to do an education consulting contract that, you know, is getting lots of scrutiny. So <laughs> I, I, I think she, she's got a tough situation because she wants to defend. Look, she knows she wouldn't be there without him. Right. She, she also wants to get reelected. And so yes. she probably, uh, you know, I, I think she probably feels some kind of, uh, she feels slightly compelled to at least uh, kind of distance herself from the governor. But when I asked, I asked her yesterday if she knew her, and she no, I have, but she seemed like, but I'd be happy to serve with her. Yeah, uh, right. But Dan McGowan, it also shows yesterday we were at Anthony's Pharmacy. Like suddenly you're McKee, he's not going to say he's at CVS because then that suddenly highlights her. Yeah. I just view it as, I mean, I assume Nellie Garbia is kind of running in conjunction with her former chief of staff, Orbo, who's running for mayor of Providence. Yep. So, but I, I just wonder yesterday how much this partnership is, if, if, if it's paying off, because I don't think... She helps him in, in Johnston. I don't think she helps him in North Providence. I don't think she helps him so much in in the suburbs. If she can't deliver Providence for Governor McKee, then I, I'm not so convinced that this benefits him maybe as much as they as they thought that it that it could. Well, and here's here's the thing to watch with Providence in, in the governor's room. It, Sabina Matos doesn't need to deliver Providence for him. Sabina Matos needs to prevent him from getting blown out, yeah, right? right? And so the bar is actually relatively low. Uh, you know, if he comes out of Providence with, let's say, 20% of the vote, given that you got to assume that Seth Magaziner lives there, he'll probably, he should win the city. Helena will have strong ties. He should do well. Nelly Gorbea will have ties. She'll do okay. Matt Brown will get some votes. Um, you know, if he can get 20, 25% out of Providence, he should consider that a win and he can attribute that at least in some part to uh, Sabina Matos. What he, what he cannot afford to do is, is go and get beat by 15, 20,000 votes in Providence. And then, and you're right, because, because Sabina Matos is not going to deliver a, virtually a single vote from Johnston or from East Providence. Um, and so, you know, it all, if I, if I were, if, if I were assigning Sabina Matos, I would say, you know what, as you should essentially run a mayoral yes. for lieutenant governor, just, yeah. just be everywhere in Providence all the yes. time. Um, and really that's all it's going to take because no one's going to pay attention to lieutenant governor trace anyway. No. Folks, each day, it is, as I mentioned, uh, yesterday just set the tone. The race for governor just got a whole lot interesting. I start with roadmap. It is uh, it is filled. I, I Every day I go through it, folks, just because it tells me things I don't know. Easy links to the stories I can follow up. And the best part of, well, I don't know what the best part, because I would actually pay for it. But a great part about it is it's free. And Dan McGowan, if you could extend this offer to everyone who's listening right now. Well, John, I like to think that, that you wake up to Roadmap and I go to bed following where you are in Providence. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Lately, it has been that way. It feels oh, that very, way, very right? Busy. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, How about me uh, interviewing Meryl Lorzer at the murder uh, the other night? Uh, oh, by the way, an incredibly tragic situation. It was. Oh, my God. Guy uh, goes into his laundry and then a botched robbery. I wonder, Dimagam, before I let you go, do you think he's second-guessing him getting out of the the race? Because, boy, you know, he announced and then Governor McKee basically, as we <laughs> said, just then gets swamped with investigations. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. I think they all view themselves and i think it's every politician who has some level of clout in this state all view themselves as i could do this job better i'm sure yes i'm sure that you know there have been times especially when the house when the house was controlled by republicans that you know david cicilline probably said you know what i'd make a better governor than gina or right. or, or whoever right um and so i i think I think they all do that, and I think you're right. I think the mayor's probably looking at this. And, now, he's not going to get back in, and he's made his decision, but I think every single day he yeah. looks at this and says, you know what, I can do it. But the problem is, is you know, this violence thing was going to hang over his head yes. as it should, right. and, it, and it's not going anywhere. What's going to be no. scary is when all these governor candidates start to really pour it on Providence, and then there's nobody in Providence to defend it because there's no right. mayoral candidate. Good point. Um, but let's get back to road. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The the uh, easiest way to get it, everyone out there, and you do this every week. I really appreciate it. Is just send me a blank email. It's completely free. 
rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. And like John said, you know, you get analysis from me. Sometimes we're breaking a little bit of a story. You get all, you get all the links from, uh, you know, think my column and all the stuff that my colleagues are writing. You get lots of really interesting. This Boston mayor's race is really fascinating if you're interested in regional politics. So all of it, you get all the links. Very easy. Takes five minutes to read. So rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. And other Globe stories, folks, I didn't mention this great story about Narragansett. There's a great story about the race for Mayor of Boston. Sounds like it's a blowout with Michelle Wu. Folks, Dan McGowan, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Have a good one. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dunn. Tim, I had South Kingstown mom, Nicole Solis, as a guest on the radio program. And, boy, it's tough to argue. It's, It's very surprising. Merrick Garland issues the statement... They're going to direct the FBI. They've decided that they don't like a lot of the conversation that's been held at these, you know, school committee meetings all over the country regarding critical race theory around, you know, mask policy. And I mean, this is I got to admit, I am stunned to hear they're now going to have the FBI look into this and potentially, you know, could could claim that some parents, the way they're behaving at these School boards, school committee hearings all over the country that potentially that they could be viewed as domestic terrorists. Yes, it's astonishing. I mean, when you think about what happened in South Kingston, and you know, I I think the the woman you had on your show, I mean, Nicole, yeah, Nicole, whether whether you agree with her position or disagree with her position, uh, she displayed a lot of intestinal fortitude. Um, she asked the right questions, which was not appreciated by, you know, South Kingston school officials. Um, but to think that she is in any way a terrorist or <laughs> a threatening individual oh, is preposterous. God. But, John, Merrick Garland said a number of things. Yeah. He said, you know, he's disturbed that there seems to be an increase in, quote, The harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school board members, teachers, and workers at the public schools. Now, is there complaining about a curriculum and wanting to know what is in that curriculum? Right. Harassment, intimidation, or a threat of violence? No. I haven't really read or seen anything like that. I mean, parents might be at a school committee meeting and raise their voice or get frustrated when, you know, somebody tries to turn up. Discussion and definitely heated discussion, but certainly no threats. There's been no violence or anything like that. Well, and and Merrick Garland also said, quote, threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Okay, so threats against public servants. Is he going to get all charged up about the folks who followed uh, Senator Sinema into the ladies' room? ladies' room, I couldn't believe that. I mean, I I think that's harassment. I think that's intimidation. Oh, my God. Um, You know, they did the same thing with Senator Manchin, you know, with bullhorns outside of his houseboat screaming, you know, whatever they were screaming at him. Is that harassment? Is that intimidation? Is the FBI going to look into that? It's the cherry picking of the, you know, of this um, Justice Department as to what they think is "quote unquote" domestic terrorism, um, and and everything is looked at through the prism of politics. From what I can see, the way they're going about things, um, I don't know how much media play this is going to get, but this is ludicrous to be going after parents who are concerned about what their kids are being taught. Wow. Uh, it's another attempt. It's another attempt to simply muzzle it is. the political opposition yes. and to cow them into submission and wow. because they don't want to risk being prosecuted yep. criminally for saying, "What are you teaching my kid?" It's it's outrageous. And Tim Dad, before before we move on to the next topic, but. Boy, this could really have an intimidating uh, effect of, you know, if, if, you know, four or five parents got together beforehand and they met and then we're going to go to the school committee meeting. You know, can you picture now FBI saying, well, you know, that's a conspiracy that you met and decided you were going to go there and what you were going to say. I mean, that would it, it's one thing if police got up at a school board meeting, pick anywhere in USA and told someone, you know, sit down or wait for your turn or don't yell or whatever it is. But you start having the FBI question 
mothers going to school committee meetings questioning what's being taught. I mean, that is so beyond the pale. I can't believe talk about taking a hard hardline approach to this tip dot well how about if a group of parents are outside or inside a school committee meeting chanting no critical race theory or right. whatever the slogans might be yeah. the fbi says uh-uh that's harassment that's intimidation that's yeah. threats wow. and suddenly you're prosecuted criminally for exercising your free speech rights now mm. if the parents say if, if you don't back off on criminal uh, critical race theory we're going to firebomb your house well that would be appropriate but yeah. just objecting protesting yelling getting upset um does not in my view rise to the level of harassment or intimidation as no. this justice department is analogizing it and analogizing these folks to domestic terrorists john mm. it's crazy it, it is it's it, it, this is like Eastern wow. Bloc, you know, police state intimidation. Wow. And now a school committee member, all they have to say is, you know, I feel threatened the way you're addressing me or asking me questions that way. And they could go from there. Now, speaking of parents and mass, Tim Dodd, where are things regarding there are some parents in Rhode Island challenging the mask mandate in the schools? Yes, I don't know what the ultimate outcome will be of this, but this yeah. is a great case. This mm. is what we've been talking about for many, many weeks. It would be great to have a case where the science is put on trial. Yeah. And that's what's happening right now in Providence Superior Court in a case before Judge Lanfair, who's a very, very good judge. He's been around a long time, and um, he's got a unique case on his hands. Uh, a, a group of parents got together. Um, to challenge uh, Governor McKee's um, mask mandate for kids in school. And the parents who are the plaintiffs in this matter are looking for either a temporary restraining order or down the line an injunction um, on the theory that Governor McKee exceeded his emergency authority um, with this mask mandate. And um, counsel for the, these plaintiffs um, is a guy named Greg Piccirelli, who has done a lot of work over the years yep. within the school system, typically representing school committees, but at other times representing parents, just like this case. Mm. So he's, in many ways, the right man for this job. And he's put on a doctor whose name escapes me, but who's got a national reputation, who is a pining in no uncertain terms that um, kids wearing masks in school is unnecessary, counterproductive, mm. yes. unhealthy for the kids physically, unhealthy yes. for the kids mentally. Yeah. Um, the attorney general's office is defending on this matter. Um, one, of the, one of the interesting things that came up, John, is this doctor who has been qualified as an expert, which is significant, that he has been recognized. So he's qualified as an expert, so he can provide his medical opinions on these topics. It's not like you or me getting up on the stand and saying, I don't think this is good for kids because we have no credentials. We're not an expert. Right. The court has recognized this guy as an expert, so his mm. opinion at least gets to be heard. The judge can accept it. The judge can reject it. Just because he's an expert doesn't mean the court has to go by what he says. Mm. But he's saying some pretty significant things. He's saying, you know, Rhode Island's not reporting um, any, any deaths of children in this age group. The AG uh, pops up and objects saying, well, if it's under five, it's reported as zero. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Is it right. zero deaths, one death, two deaths, three deaths, four deaths, or five deaths? Um, the doctor on the stand says he's been to many states, you know, looking at this information. And, <laughs> and the way Rhode Island is um, quantifying and keeping records on this, um, he said, you know, the, the charts and the graphs that Rhode Island has been using, he said, quote, I'm not used to seeing displays like this. And he says that the state's modeling is all wrong because the state, which policies which have induced Governor McKee to do this mask um, mandate are based upon 2020 projections, which are now stale. That Back in 2020, the projections were 
far more significant. It was a different strain of COVID out there. Uh, and that the modeling that the state is using to predict the cases that we will um, suffer if the mask mandate is not followed, it's totally stale and it's totally bad science. That's mm. his opinion. I don't know right. if it's true, but that's his yeah. opinion. And this is exactly the type of case which needs to get aired out. Yeah. And let the state come in with its own expert to say this is totally necessary. Mm. And then a judge will ultimately decide, you know, if the state and the governor have proved the science. You know, all these politicians are out there every week saying, we got to follow the science. we got to follow the science. Well, now the science is on trial. That's right. Let's see what the science shows after we shake this all out. I think it's great that this is happening. Folks, he is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Fall, very soon, the heating season will be here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System, J.K.L., Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navian certified factory dealer called J.K.L. for a sister replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you've heard me talk about, first we started with September. I think the whole entire fall actually uh, should be suicide awareness, suicide prevention if possible. And the person you've heard me speaking with, we've got such great feedback about it, is first of all, the website is mantherapy.org, mantherapy.org. Joining us once again is our friend, Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, it is uh, so important. I want to just start off. Uh, kind of, to me, the elephant in the room. Listen, there's, there's far more popular topics to talk about. I'd rather talk to you about the Patriots or how beautiful the fall weather is. But uh, suicide awareness, as you've, I, I've heard you even say that the workshop that people could be part of, it, it's similar to like learning CPR, could probably save more lives than CPR. It's one of those things that can no longer be a topic that people no longer discuss uh, there are people out there that feel desperate, that are at the end of their rope. And the good news is there's warning signs for different individuals that they can spot and potentially in, save someone's life. That's right, John. Uh, anyone can learn this. Uh, it's called QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And as I said before, it is more effective than CPR in saving lives. Um, it basically teaches anyone how to recognize the signs that someone may be thinking of suicide and ask them directly the question, are you thinking of suicide or thinking of taking your life? And then for trying to persuade them to let you help them get some help as a friend or a relative, a neighbor, co-worker, not a professional, but just as somebody who cares, and then refer them appropriately uh, to the uh, to the best place for them. Not everybody needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs a 911 call. So we need to figure out how we can refer appropriately to get help that people need. Dr. Rob, um, if you would be uh, so kind as to explain, how can people sign up for the workshop? How far in advance? Uh, what's been the reception so far that of people that have uh, taken part in your workshop? Well, the first part of the question, uh, the best way to find out uh, the registration link I do it on Zoom, the first uh, and third Tuesday of every month for the community. It's free, obviously. Um, 
But I, the best way to get that link is to go to healthybodieshealthyminds.org and you can register for whatever day uh, works for you. It's usually between 6 and 7.30. It's just an hour and a half training. It is an evidence-based training, and at the end you're certified as a uh, suicide prevention gatekeeper for three years. Uh, this is a great training. It really does uh, help a lot of people. So if you go to that website, healthybodieshealthyminds.org, you can uh, register for any of the trainings that are done. Um, the feedback has generally been very positive. Last spring, I, I presented the, the class to some teachers at Charo, and I got an email back from one of the teachers who said, you know, I took this course thinking this is going to be a complete waste of time because I teach kindergarten and I don't need to know this stuff, but I want the credit, so I'll go ahead and do it. And I found that I was 100% wrong. It is a very, very useful class for anybody to take. I found it extremely helpful, and I'm just encouraging everybody to take the class. So that's the kind of feedback we get. And I want the listeners to know I, I plan to take this. Uh, obviously, because of my occupation, I come in contact with all different types of people. And as I've shared with Dr. Rob, folks, and, and I've talked about it on the air, but uh, just this past spring, there was someone that I knew, had known for quite some time. Um, and then he just found himself in a place that he could not climb out of. And I, I, I wish that I had been had taken that type of workshop. And I, I don't know if it would have changed, but I could have changed the dynamic. But um, but it's terrible when it happens to someone that you know, and then you think that maybe, maybe they're, and in this particular case, there were some warning signs. Now, folks, this also, we're speaking with Dr. Robert Harrison. And Dr. Rob, something that people can do instantly, and that is, I love this 20-point head checkup, mentherapy.org. Folks, there has been, and again, I recognize this is a topic a lot of people don't want to talk about, but I have found, Dr. Rob, everywhere I'm going, people are secretly kind of asking me about it. But there is an epidemic of, right now, men. And it's it's men over the age of 50 that, for whatever reason, have found themselves in a in a place where they... Uh, they, they don't see a way out and they, they take the most drastic action possible. And, and this is something that people can either do for themselves or maybe share with their, with their husband or a brother or just even send the link to a coworker, someone they're a little concerned about. Um, again, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to broach, but at the same time, you could be saving someone's life. Absolutely. Uh, if you go to org. In the first place, it's, it's very, uh, very funny. It's a very humorous approach to try to engage middle-aged men uh, to con- consider what their mental health is uh, is like, and also to see what other people have done to get uh, to get help. Um, it, the twenty-point head inspection helps a guy figure out: Am I just being really stressed, or am I really dealing with anxiety or depression or some other kind of mental health problem? Um, it also gives you tons of resources. There's videos of other people who struggled and, and have found help. Uh, so it's just a, a great website, just mantherapy.org. Anybody can do it. Uh, the other nice thing about it is there's no stigma associated. Nobody's seen you go to a physician's office or, or to a therapist or anything like that. Um, not that those things are bad, but a lot of men uh, have that stigma and don't want anyone to know that what they're doing. So this is a way that nobody else has to know what you're doing. But it's a great resource for, for anyone who's struggling. Folks, again, the website is mantherapy.org. WNRI Winsocket. 